On this episode of Luxury News Weekly, we collaborated with podcast Hustle Over Everything to bring you a special edition episode. Yes, I myself, Simba Wakatama, went on to the Hustle Over Everything podcast and we spoke about everything luxury and a little entrepreneurship as well. And a bit of culture, a bit of this, a bit of that. It was very fun because they are a entrepreneurship podcast and of course we are your number one source for luxury news. Now, don't forget to check them out at 247Hustle on Instagram or hustleovereverything.co. The M1 I'm getting a MacBook. Bro. I'm like, geez, bro, look at now you, Now I'm man. just better than everybody. Like, look, you're like, flexing I'm on better. <laughs> I'm just better than I'm better everyone than you. now. Hello and Welcome to the Hustle Over Everything podcast. This is the podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today, we have a wild card episode for you, and we are featuring our guest of the day, Simba. What's going on with you, bro? Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Man, I like Simba's, bro. Coming. Good to see you back in the chambers, man. Most yes. definitely. Simba is the CEO and founder of Roller Bespoke, and he's also the founder of um, Luxury News Weekly. And you can find them at those handles, Volo Bespoke and Luxury News Weekly. So make sure you tap in to get all your luxury news. So yo, first things first is talk, is talk, bro. What do you think of the Jay-Z and Beyonce Tiffany deal? Talking about luxury news. Let's talk about it. Okay, so you guys want to get in it. Yeah, straight <laughs> into it. Okay. All right. So for context, for those who don't know, and I've actually spoken about this on uh, luxury News Weekly with my co-host Elizabeth Solaru, the number one cake maker and luxury consultant in the UK. Um, and basically, Tiffany & Co., I think what we all know Tiffany & Co., at least the ladies watching this will know Tiffany & Co., mm -hmm. right? Very popular brand. It When you say Tiffany & Co., you don't immediately come... Uh, like Beyonce and Jay-Z don't come to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. You think of legacy. You think of legacy. Yeah. You think of uh, a more, it's an American brand, but yet it has more of a European context to it, right? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so they decided to do this campaign because they, they got bought out by another company, a parent company, LVMH, and they started changing things around. One of the things they wanted to do is modernize the brand, make it more like in line in line with, uh, oh, it's yeah, make it more in line with kind of uh, the new culture, the TikTok wave. The, and they thought, well, connecting with black culture is probably a good way to do that, right? Yeah. As well as street culture. So they did collabs with Supreme. All right. So then they decided to do a Tiffany & Co. campaign with the legacy of black culture. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z and Beyonce, king and queen. Mm -hmm. So on, on surface level, it doesn't look bad. But here's the problem. They did a campaign, and in the campaign, Beyonce is wearing a diamond necklace. Uh, I think 128 carat, might be more actually. Huge yellow diamond necklace. And uh, Jay-Z's kind of taking photos of her and that kind of thing. You think, okay, what's up with that? Like a Polaroid type of camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in the background, there's a painting. So, here's a problem. That necklace that has only been worn by four women is actually a blood diamond. Mm. 
And for those people who don't know, like, what is a blood diamond? Okay, so a blood diamond is basically an unethical AF diamond. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, it was probably brought by underpaid or slave labor, coercion, probably stolen from the company, a country it was mined from, Mm -hmm. corruption, bribery. Now, this was found in South Africa. This diamond was found in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And the big company, uh, De Beers, bought it, right? De Beers runs the diamond industry around the world. But they got it in the 1800s. So it was in 1800s in South Africa. Mm -hmm. What do you think the diamonds were? They're all blood diamonds. Yeah. Especially for the large ones. So now she's the first black woman to ever wear this necklace. And she's like the fourth woman. Lady Gaga wore it too. Didn't Audrey Hepburn as well wear it as well? I like back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. So yeah. And uh so she's wearing a blood diamond. She says she didn't know. She was trying to apologize for it. it, it the irony is that they're trying to use a black image, but it's a blood diamond. Mm. But I don't believe she didn't know. So you think Beyonce actually knew it was a blood diamond? I know for a fact Beyonce and Jay-Z own blood diamonds. Because the mil- the the kind of like $100 million plus diamonds are all blood diamonds. Mm-hmm. They're not new. Mm-hmm. It's, only the ch- it's only the lower level where they're more ethical. But any diamond with prestige is pretty well most likely to be a blood diamond. If it's like got a heritage to it. This is from the 1800s, like, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's one of the things. But what do you think about that? Just because there's yeah. more, but you know. There's more, right? So the I know this campaign has become an issue, but who realized it was an issue and like what really made it a spark? Is it the fact that um, people who are fans of uh, Tiffany and Co were feeling alienated because now they're seeing LVMH turned Tiffany and Co into this brand that's trying to connect to hip culture, mm-hmm. mix in with the fact that they're using a blood diamond on Beyonce and Beyonce is like a black woman and she's promoting that. I just want to understand like what really spurred this after the campaign was like launched out to the public. I think it's because it came out when the Black Lives Matter thing was hot mm-hmm. and people had time to research stuff people at home just chilling fishing like, like they're looking for something to get cheesed about fish exactly they're fishing for information mm-hmm. and when you're looking you'll find it now they also not not only were they kind of feeling like this is a bit disingenuous mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to steal the black image for your campaign um so people were so so about that right but then the blood diamond thing and then on top of that the art community as a whole, was super mad because they were super upset because in the campaign, there was a rare Basquiat painting. Mm -hmm. And the painting had never been publicly seen before. It was in the Tiffany colors. The painting had never been publicly seen before. And the first time it's on display is in an advertisement Mm -hmm. using black artists to promote a brand. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. The number one top black artist, Basquiat, is now in his grave being used as a kind of a clout symbol, if that makes sense, and a, and a flex on behalf of Tiffany and Co. But, but Simba, don't you think as well to understanding who Jay-Z is and the way he's transformed his music, he used to sing about you know uh, selling dope and everything, and he's turned his music into 
a new category, luxury rap. Mm-hmm. And Basquiat is like one of those individuals he's a big ad- admirer of. He always thinks about Basquiat, 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 this, Basquiat, that. Do you think it was Jay-Z pushing that to add like that flair because he heavily associates himself with Basquiat? Or was it uh, LVMH saying add a Basquiat because you sing about Basquiat, it's going to be connected with like the who cult, you know, because Basquiat is like a cool guy. He's a know? cool. He's like he's a he's cool, cool guy. He's a yeah. cool artist. He's like really connected with street culture, like Koss is. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, you get this, you get these street artists, but you know, Basquiat kind of was an elevated street artist, right? Yeah. Like he started kind of doing these murals and whatnot, and then he he's now F, well, he passed. By the time he passed away. He studied under uh, Andy Warhol mm-hmm. and he became a fine artist, mm-hmm. right? And now, so now he's respected in all the art circles and in the serious uh, collector's circles, as well as culture, as well as the street culture, hip hop culture, and quite frankly, now pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. But Jay Z wouldn't have known they owned this painting, mm-hmm. it's not his. Tiffany owns it? Yeah. Interesting. They had it in private collection. Okay. Now, of course, Jay-Z could have found out because he hangs out with the people, but it's like, I feel like they are like, hey, we've got this painting we've been wanting to use. This would be great. You know, black this, black that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. So I have a few things to push back on. One is, would it have changed if it was a white woman modeling? Like, would there have been such a pushback if it was... Another Lady Gaga campaign. Or let's say if it was uh, Scarlett Johansson. Like, she's always in a lot of luxury ads. She was in Dolce & Gabbana, right? Who also have a ton of problems. Yeah. Yeah. As well, too. Like, if you look at Scarlett Johansson, she fits, like, the model of what a beauty standard is. Mm -hmm. She's white. She's attractive. She has blonde hair, blue eyes, um, paler skin, which has been predominantly used in a lot of, like, advertising for luxury ads. Do you think it was the fact that it was Beyonce and, and Jay-Z and they were just dumb too? Like, what, what's your take on that? I think, you know, the thing is, what were they, what was the intent of Tiffany & Co? They were trying to revive or rebrand, right? So, of course, you're going to go to prominent people. Tiffany & Co, because LVMH bought them. LVMH, for those who don't know, they own Louis Vuitton. Moet Hennessy, they bought uh, Armandi Brignac, aka Ace of Spades. Mm-hmm. They own, uh, I think, Celine. They own shares in Hermes. If they don't own it outright, they have shares in it. They mm-hmm. own almost every major luxury company in the world. And with that deal, and with that, they have power over every celebrity in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? So they, they flex sometimes, which I have no problem with. With this particular campaign, though, they seem to be really pushing the idea of it was a it was a love campaign they were trying to push the idea of you know subtly push the idea of ethnic love you know and sophistication and all that but it seemed it was a bit of the pandering a bit of the pulling from the culture Mm -hmm. that they didn't contribute to Mm -hmm. and then immediately after that they do a supreme campaign people are like now who are you servicing yeah now they're like, well, who's your customer now? Supreme is predominantly young men, mm-hmm. right? Tiffany & Co. has been trying to get men to buy Tiffany & Co. like for themselves to, I don't think, much success. 
So Supreme collab, right? Mm-hmm. But that seems like such a like the two brand, like the, the identity of Supreme <laughs> and Tiffany are the worst. Like I will never see Supreme trying to collab with a brand like Tiffany. I might see wow. El- I'll, I'll see Louis Vuitton, but Tiffany and Co. What? Exactly what I said. Why, Alex? You're asking why? Yeah, why not? Because the brand ethos are not even related. Related so at how all. Is Louis Vuitton related to Supreme? Louis Vuitton serves young men. Louis Vuitton serves hype. Mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton had um, Virgil Abloh as the creative director of menswear. Mm-hmm. They they're in it, you know. And LVMH bought Off White because they wanted uh, Virgil before his untimely passing to head the creative direction for most of their brands, new brands, old brands, turn brands around. I wouldn't even be surprised if Virgil was kind of facilitating these campaigns. Mm-hmm. He was getting the, that's another story I won't get into right now, but he was getting the big seat, the boardroom seat. Having a seat at the table, as I like to say. Not even just, like, this guy was going to control the creative direction of LVMH, which means he'd create the, he would control the, the future of the luxury industry in the world, period. Period. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get higher than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so for someone like Virgil to come in, especially as a black guy, to come in and, and control that. You know, like, we also got to give credit for guys like Kanye, who paved the way for guys like Virgil to come in those type of spaces and not only have a shop, but be able to, like, be given the keys to the kingdom and actually build something out for infusing that culture and making it, like, dope to buy luxury again. And in an authentic way. Authentic way, exactly. They didn't make cheap stuff. Yeah. Okay, Off what Virgil made some cheap stuff, okay? But he fixed it in the end. It's okay. <laughs> he fixed it in the end. But they, the point is, they studied. Like, they went and they studied under the greats. Didn't um, Virgil and... Uh, Kanye. Yeah, they went to uh, Paris, I think. Or mm-hmm. Paris or Italy. Studied under one of the great brands. Learned as much as they could. So they were not by any means amateurs. They were not even just, like, enthusiasts. They were professionals in the craft of streetwear and also luxury wear. They, of course, they're also for, first and foremost customers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, like they knew what they were doing. The problem is Kanye's a little unstable, but Virgil Abloh, and y'all who are watching this, you might disagree, I don't care. I didn't like Virgil's designs. Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't a big fan from for most of his career. I wasn't career. either. I was just yeah. kind of like, ah, would I really rock this? It, it's. It's very, um, it's different. It's different. It, it, it looked cool. It's different. But when I wear it, it wasn't really my style. But yeah. I respected what he was trying to do. That was the thing. It's like, that's that looks hype. I can see people buying that. But maybe I just wasn't the customer archetype for what he was trying to, like, sell to us. Maybe. But also, I feel like, I feel like it got gimmicky. Mm. But I will say this, though. Towards the end of his career, he stepped it up significantly. He came out with a lot of fire stuff. But most of all, forget forget that. Because there's many great designers that will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. He was, if you say, what was his superpower? He was the highest, he had the highest creative output in the game. Nice. The only person that can compete on creative output to him was Carl Lagerfeld. And if he didn't uh, pass away so early, he would have probably outpaced Carl Lagerfeld. Carl Lagerfeld ran... Carl Lagerfeld, he ran Chanel, and he ran 
oh man what else did he run and he was doing like three big brands at one time he's the only person to do this and he was doing it as an old man and he had been doing it he was the oldest creative director like longest running creative director no one has put out more work than carl but who's that one virgil who's that one woman um you know who i'm talking about like she's always wearing shades Anna Wintour? Oh, Anna, Anna Wintour, Wintour. Isn't yeah. she? Isn't she up there with Carla? La- no, no, no. She, she's a director. She was the director of Vogue. Like she, she's in Vogue. She's Vogue. Yeah, she's God, Vogue. She she's Vogue. She. Yeah. And she's actually, so associated with luxury. You think like she's uh, involved with the brands? No, like but that. she made made or, bro- or broke them. You know, like a lot mm-hmm. of these brands, Vogue. You have to get the the you know kiss the ring. If Vogue said this is happening, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Michael Kors, Vogue had to. Uh, okay that what's the steve madden vogue had to okay that you know mm-hmm. like a bunch of these brands they go through vogue first gotcha. while well, they used to yeah, <laughs> you know the stamp of approval i think um i, I just googled it uh kanye internet fendi it was fendi that both yes him and, Virgil and carl lagerfeld uh creative director for fendi uh, oh yeah he was mm-hmm. fendi Dang. chanel and carl lagerfeld that's crazy so let's talk about kanye's luxury for away, you know what I'm saying? What let's, do you talk think about, about let's talk about it. Let's about, talk about it. Let's talk about it. What do you think about Kanye's, you know, billion-dollar company Yeezy? Do you think that he'll last long at Gap, at um, his Yeezy Adidas line? What's your opinions on his whole concept? His whole umbrella. Yeah. What do you think about him doing, like, a, a, a quasi-luxury? I, I like to call it, like, a premium thing for Gap, mm-hmm. for, like, the affordable market. Do you think that juxtaposes luxury yeah, for what it is? I, you know, because Kanye's hype, he's luxury and hype. He's a little bit of both, so it's hard. Okay, just because something's expensive does not mean it's luxury. Mm. Technically, Gucci does not qualify as a luxury company for a number of reasons. It's too, like, you can't be mass market and luxury defeats the purpose. But now, the what we quantify as luxury is changing. But luxury, what's part of luxury? Let's, if we just take two, two maybe three pillars, all right, and they have to meet all three. It has to be expensive for what it is, not just expensive in general, right? It has to be expensive for what it is. It has to be exclusive, right? And it has to be like, um, uh, it has to have a soul. So usually man-made. So it's not the most perfect object. That's kind of the point, Mm -hmm. right? Like a Ferrari is a bumpy ride. If you want a smooth ride, you're not going to drive, but you feel the road and that gives you the feeling that they're selling you. That's the power of the engine, the power of the car, the power of the speed. So that that imperfection is part of the perfect experience, right? Do you, do you also yeah. think time plays a factor in luxury? Because a lot of these brands, they become their, their, their heritage brands, right? And that's why we appreciate, oh, this is like a 1960 Louis Vuitton yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they, they never change their styles that much. Like, the, the, the look of it stays the same. It, it creates, like, this iconic feel behind it. That's how they say it. It's like cheap brands get old, right? Cheap products get old. Premium product gets aged. Luxury products turn vintage. Mm-hmm. They get more expensive over time. That's actually another way to see if a product is luxury, how well it keeps its value over time. Gucci's not that strong. Hmm. Gucci's not that strong. Vintage Gucci. Uh, but then mm-hmm. that, that stuff will sell for more than you bought it for. 
But then, all right, so at what point does it not become strong? Well, Gucci, Gucci and Louis Vuitton kind of is is more luxury, but it, it's still like they fall. They kind of lack uh, like they're slowly declining in as far as luxury, especially among true luxury buyers, because they're not exclusive anymore. You can go into any Gucci store and get most Gucci products. You can go in any Louis Vuitton store and get most Louis Vuitton products. Right. So, again, you got rid of exclusivity. That's one of the key pillars. And yeah. then price. Sure. Right. But premium products are expensive, too. So it's not a really good comparison. And then last but not least, like we said, is it a plebeian good? Like, is it going to, you know, so so when they are hiking prices on Gucci and LV, do people buy more? Eh, so so when they do it on Hermes, when they do it on Chanel. 30 percent increase <coughs> in price, 50 percent increase in sales. I feel like they're playing in two different ballparks. Like, I feel like Hermes or Hermes. They really want to like, have strict exclusivity because they can't even buy it unless you like buy a used one, right? And they have yeah. to continuously go there and buy other things, and yeah. then they allow you to buy a bag, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get approved. That's the pillar. That's luxury. That's luxury right there. But we're just the brand of luxury. But it's going back to Kanye, okay? Yeah. Kanye knows how to sell. You can you can follow the luxury methods for non-luxury goods. Apple does this. Okay. Apple is by no means exclusive. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone has an iPhone. Correct. But we feel like we we feel exclusive. Like so when, you, when you when you whip out that MacBook in class, bro, I got the MacBook people, Air M1 chip. Bro, it it took you a minute to I get know, a MacBook. I know, but I got it all at the same time. I got the iPhone. You're, you're all about Microsoft, Microsoft. Oh, I, Android. I, I love the Android. It's so it's so whatever. Then I see, hey, bro, hey, I think I'm getting the iPhone. The M1 I'm getting chip. Getting a MacBook. I'm like, geez, bro, look at now you, I'm man. just better than everybody. Like, look, are you flexing? I'm on better. <laughs> I'm just better than I'm better everyone than you. now. You whip out that MacBook in class. You're like, ah. Bro, I remember in first year of school, bro, I used to feel like such an outsider. Like, I walk in class. You know when you walk in Ted Rogers, the main entrance, and you see everyone's MacBooks. It's like, I mean, you see yeah, everyone's computer. Everyone, business bro, students Apple, 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 bro. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm so <laughs> wasted with this little Windows Lenovo yeah. computer. <laughs> but that's all they do, man. They infuse your mind to believe, like, if you're not a part of this Apple club, you're, you don't belong. If you don't have yes. a blue, blue uh, text text bubble. Yep, yep. They make ways of you just like hating non-Apple <coughs> people. <laughs> but again, luxury tactic, not a luxury company. It's a yeah. premium company. But iPhones and Samsungs are the same price now, right? So, okay, so what are they doing? Get Go back to Kanye. Kanye can make luxury, but he can also take luxury tactics and apply them to premium or sub-premium brands. That's why Gap paid uh, however many... Uh, billions or what have you to have them there for 10 years mm. to take a premium product and turn it into a luxury field like luxury like brand turn it around can he do it absolutely he can do it he's done it a thousand times and he doesn't have to manage the financials he doesn't have to manage this and that and the other he's just managing the brand portion which he's good at he's not good at he's not a good operator and everyone knows that but he's a great visionary and he's a good creative director so that's what he's doing. Now, uh, what he did with Gap, too. Balenciaga, Gap, and him are collabing. So it's not just him. He's bringing all these other cool brands. Balenciaga, I hate the brand and I love the brand at the same time. Well, okay, let's put it this way. My qualms are with the creative director of Balen Balenciaga, Denma. Mm -hmm. I don't like him. But I like his work. 
But I do like the brand Balenciaga and we'll see how it goes. But anyways, what's funny about the whole Balenciaga Kanye thing is that Kanye, Kanye and Kim pushed Balenciaga so high that they outpaced every single luxury brand last year mm-hmm. for number one most mentioned brand. Mm-hmm. And now that Kanye and Kim are getting divorced, Kim and his new girlfriend are, sp- are, are still doing the Loki Balenciaga campaigns. Mm-hmm. But then Kim is doing the Loki Balenciaga campaign. Now she's the face of Balenciaga now. But Kanye was the guy. Damn. Used him for the whole Jesus. Uh, no, what, what was uh, Donda tour? Mm-hmm. He was all Balenciaga head to toe. Wow. Pushed the sales up single handedly. Sold them out. And now Kim is the face as of this month. There was like this story going on around about um, <laughs> like do you see do you hear that story about Kim uh, asking permission to Kanye to like you you know your story I'm talking about the, like to where the bootleg is it the bootleg the, the, like the bootleg Yeezys for a brand that was gonna pay a lot of money exactly yeah. yes I kind of heard about the story yeah Alex like you know turned it down or something. she turned it down or something do you know all the details about it I kind of saw it on like TikTok I was like oh like Kanye did this and then Kim called Kanye. To ask for permission to not do it, and then Kanye is just like, "Yo, that's why I'm gonna give you an equity stake into Yeezy. into Yeezy." And I'm yeah. like, "Damn, you're giving her." An-. And then they divorce now, so she still has equity. Yeah. Well, that's kind of messed up, man. You know, because that 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 the the brand equity of Yeezy is crazy. Is crazy, and you're giving an estranged wife yeah. an equity stake into that when. You know, at the present value of what she could have gotten from that fake campaign is like minimal to what she's gonna get from Yeezy from a future value perspective. But you know, at the same time, Yeezy, Yeezy, <clears throat> the reason why I think it falls into more of that luxury feel is it's very, it is quite exclusive, Yeezy. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching, I think the CEO of Adidas, or at least a top executive, I think it was the CEO, talking about Yeezy. And <laughs> this guy was like, Easy is kind of like an insignificant amount of money to the company. It's, it's more of a brand. Yeah, it's nothing because they don't sell enough to ever make it worth much. Mm. But it looks like, but it drives the brand. It, it drives, drives Adidas. It drives the hype. But yeah. from a financial standpoint, it's pennies. Yeah. It's a boss leader. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know how there's a loss leader that drives people in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the small part, and then you make big amounts of money on the back end mm-hmm. it's like the, the opposite with Yeezy where it's like it's a boss leader where it doesn't make as much money for the company <clears throat> but because of the brand of uh, you know alignment people will associate that and then eventually increase the brand you know do you think that's been the biggest blunder of Nike yeah letting Kanye get away yes absolutely absolutely and you know what's funny mm-hmm. it's like um, with Jordans right uh, Michael was gonna go with Adidas I think was it Adidas or Converse? It was, it was Adidas. It, Adidas. It was right. Yeah, that was his favorite brand. That's the brand he actually wanted to work with. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even want. He didn't even want to work with Nike. Yeah. But they kept him, and I guess they 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 didn't want to deal with, they didn't want to deal with Kanye. I think that's what it really just came down to. Just deal with him. That's the that's the reason. But does Nike have to deal with anybody? No. All the world's most expensive sneakers are Nikes. Take that in. 
All the world's most expensive sneakers? All the world's most expensive sneakers are Nikes. All the world's like, most the, successful cl- shoe lines are Nikes. Are you talking about like in the, in the, in the secondary market or in the first market? Um, in, the, in the first market. And also the secondary, if you think. Yeah, also the secondary. The fr- but then are you counting luxury shoes in that list? Sneakers, I'm saying. Yeah. like. But like, even if you take luxury shoes, the top luxury shoes are Nikes too. There's only like one shoe true. with diamonds. And like, there's like artifact shoes, but Jordans just sold on auction last year, one point five, yeah, around one point five million dollars on auction in the secondary market. Yeah, yeah. But but in the first market, as in like at, at retail, there's all types of shoes that's more expensive than Nikes, Jordans. But they like, hold the record, like, uh, in in the sneaker world. Yeah. The most expensive Nikes are still the most expensive shoes, but they. More, they're more expensive. Like say Louboutins, right? You can get mm. Louboutin sneakers. Yeah, if I could, a grand. Yeah, a grand. Yeah, but they are uh, common, you okay. know. But then go to the most expensive, and the list is all gonna be Nike, 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 Nike. Especially if you say what holds the record on the secondary, for sure it's the, it's oh, Nike. For sure, yeah, yeah. On the first hand, there's probably more contenders, but Nike also has shoes that they just don't sell. They just make the one-offs, the prototypes of this, the that, and no. then they'll sell those. Mm. And then those are the most expensive. Gosh, the prototypes, okay. Yeah. I thought you talking about, like, uh, at the retail No, not in the level. store. Like, you know, yeah, the retail the level, store, that's like three like, bills. Yeah. 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 Well, three tops. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, speaking about luxury and the brands, right? There's, like, one brand we spoke about a while back. I think we did a Black Friday episode. And Armani Exchange is, like, a brand that used to be luxury, used to be a premium well, I don't even say premium, but it was seen as a luxury brand. And then as the years progressed, they broke off into Armani Exchange, Armani Emporo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your take on brands such as Armani, like, going downhill and becoming more of, like, a brand like Guess? Because that's what they look like now. Yes. Check check Hugo Boss for this, too, now. Oh, yeah, Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss, yeah. That's, that's, what we, that's the now. That's the, You want to see this shit happen in real time? Mm-hmm. Hugo Boss, this is exactly what's happening. Okay, so... Uh, Armani. Armani was hands down luxury menswear and all this, right? Even still, if you get Armani suits, they are very expensive. Very, very expensive and very good suits. But then they made Armani exchange to kind of, you know, lower the price. And uh, still okay for a while. But the problem is now they started licensing Armani exchange. So they don't make it anymore. Other other brands make it for them and sell it for them. And that's when you see the decline. You see that with Michael Kors when they start licensing. And you know who almost went bankrupt from licensing? Uh, Ralph Lauren. Mm. You can find Polo and Marshalls. You think the Polo and Marshalls is the same Polo you get at the Bay? It's not the same thing at all. The horse looks different. It's not even the same quality level. Mm-hmm. They just license the brand. And they and uh, Ralph Lauren almost went bankrupt licensing Polo, and they went out of hand, and the price went down. It, they flooded the market. You started seeing it at discount stores. Sales went down, and the margins got too thin. Margins got too thin. They had to liquidate. Almost lost the entire company, and all these brands do that because they're driven by profit. After a while, after they hit a certain like size, mm-hmm. and then they have to. So that's what's happening. Hugo Boss now. That's already kind of like what happened. Yeah. Now they're trying to pivot into a TikTok company. I don't know what the hell they're doing. What do you mean by TikTok company? They're trying to be like leisure wear, like athleisure, and use TikTok stars to push the brand, make it cool again. 
Yeah, the the um the number one TikToker right now, Cabby's his mm-hmm. name. Cabby, they hired him as a face of as Hugo face Boss. Of Hugo I Boss. saw that, and then he, a he bunch of rappers off. too. You know what their campaign is? Be your own boss. I like the campaign, but what the hell? <laughs> like what? I don't know if that makes. Yeah. When I grew up, when you grew, okay, how was Hugo Boss when you grew up? Hugo Boss was like the like the suit brand. You know what the I'm suit, saying? Just like Prada and Hugo, Hugo Boss, Boss for men. Yeah. Prada and Hugo, and then Tom Ford came in there. Bro, it made you want to wear a suit like every day, everywhere you go. You know, like I, I was already aspiring of the type of man I want to be because of seeing Hugo Boss and like GQ. Yes. Um, uh, what's G- up? Esquire. Was GQ. GQ, bro. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But yes. now I walk past the Eaton Center. I'm like, Rod, like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't have the same pizzazz anymore. You know what I mean? That was just hoodies or something. Like, Who wants to rock that, bro? We can get better hoodies from actual brands that make good hoodies. Like, we can get essentials wear. So, mm-hmm. so here's the thing, though. Like, we're in a different t- time right now where yes. men are not wearing suits like that. They aren't. So, it's like, what option do they have? It's like, all right, am I going to continue to wear suits where we would be the, the actual avatar for Hugo Boss guy? Yeah, you know but at least wear drip. Like, at least get drippy. <laughs> I'm wearing a suit, but I'm drippy. Gosh, you're Y'all are so hustling over here. This drip. This is like, drip, bro. Why are they coming out that with just drip, boss on a, on a blank? I can make that today. <coughs> That's your grand comeback? Mm-hmm. Really? Nationwide? Yeah. Copying essentials? Where? Yeah, this whole athleisure line has just... Athleisure wear market has really taken off, but it's really becoming saturated now. Where's the drip, Hugo? You can afford to pay all these celebs. Pay a decent creative director. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Yeah. You know what's funny, man? I was on LinkedIn, and uh, Cabby, that that bloke, right, who doesn't say much, was... Uh, some lady shared it. Hey, like, look at Cabby. He started with nothing. He was a factory worker in Italy. Italy, yes. And, you know, he just started making TikTok videos, and now he's on. And the amount of hate this guy was receiving because he doesn't do much other than, you know, pouch his lips in a certain way and then just, like, look like that. They're like, yo, this guy doesn't even have any talent at all. But they don't understand. It takes talent. Yes. That is talent. Like content creating, his output is like, what? It's crazy. It's crazy. So for him to get hate, man, I just want to hear your take on this guy. Like, as you becoming more of a content creator, what are your thoughts on him? You know, his meteoric rise and working with Hugo Boss and him, like his his taste in he's creative. either a genius <coughs> or he he lucked out, and I'll tell you why. Perfect timing, type of thing. Who's his equivalent in 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 like culture? It not like let think about entertainment. Who is his equivalent? If you look back in time, I'll tell you who: Charlie Chapman. Then Mr. Bean. Yep. He's the modern Mr. Bean. When you don't talk, you're international. I look at his comments, and they're in so many different languages. Everyone's smiling. You see the smiles, laugh. And then it's in Arabic. It's in Korean. It's in Mandarin. People are commenting. Japanese. Because he don't... Everyone gets it. It's genius. That's why he grew, he blew up because when you're not talking, it's the same reason why Spider-Man, like Stan Lee said, the reason why Spider-Man is so popular, I think, is by mistake. But he's one of the only superheroes with a, comp- a full suit that doesn't show his skin. So any kid can see themselves in that character. Mm-hmm. That's why it's successful. And I think with, with Cabby, because he's like not talking, excuse me, because he's not talking, 
anyone can relate. It's just, uh, you know, gestures. It's, it's, it's nuanced, right? Like you watch some something stupid and you just react. You're like, yeah, of course I'd react like that so I can relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy for him doing the Hugo Boss thing. Mm-hmm. It fits. It suits him well. Yeah. I don't think the campaign suits Hugo Boss well, but I think what they're doing fits him very well. And mm-hmm. I think he'll be good for it. And they'll sell they'll sell that stuff and young people will buy it and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. To be honest, too, it, it feels like somebody giving Soldier Boy back when he was hot instead of giving Kanye back when he was hot. Like, he's not a fashion influencer. No. At all. In no regard. Mm-hmm. At all. So, but he pushed babes. He pushed babes. He made that ish big. He pushed sidekick phones. He pushed baggy. Like, we dressed like him. But it wasn't just to lust. Like, he wasn't that guy. Exactly. So, what I think Hugo Boss did that was wrong is they look at the biggest popular person and not the best influencer for fashion. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's the, the, the big caveat because I don't think anybody's looking to him to fine style They're looking to him for yeah. comedy you know what i'm saying like i feel like the real deal who should have sponsored him and like put all the money on him someone like comedy central yeah you know yeah like like that would have been a fitting that's a good collab yeah, yeah i can see know? that so, being more so seamless it's actually something that aligns with what he actually does who goes to him for to look for fashion for, for style oh, he has like, the worst 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 fashion and style and stuff like so yeah <laughs> a lot of the time like use lotion my man i know in italy it might be hard to find but like come on put on bro. some chapstick bro. Some chapstick some lotion you're you an know, international stretching star. of them lips bro you know you gotta like be moisturized man. Yeah. voluptuous you know, yeah. luscious—that's the money maker. Should be sponsored by luscious something, <laughs> <laughs> by Burt's Bees or something. Yo, you know what I was thinking the other day? There's no men's lip balm brand. Not real Nivea Kiehl's? for men, I guess. Kiehl's, Kiehl's, Kiehl's for, for men, no, but it's, it's not, not. Yeah, it's not there's like, nothing. It's hot. a grooming no, like, brand, though. There's no bevel <clears throat> for men's lip. There's balm. no like. There's no like Mac. There's no like. Not Sephora, but you know the Sephora brand yeah. for men. There's nothing mm-hmm. like that. You know what I saw the other day? They actually had me dying, bro. They're doing, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, makeup for men now. Yeah. Like this. Like, we should like, be using like, makeup right now. Man. We're on camera. Yo, I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a makeup. Keep the shine down. Listen, man. Listen, <laughs> keep the, keep the glare down, down from the lights. <laughs> cover cover the, the, the acne. Lights. Nah, bro. Listen, if I got acne, I got acne. That's really it. Y'all going to deal with it. Y'all, y'all going to see hey, the you see the natural, the, the all natural. I, I think this is like the, the, as they say, toxic masculinity, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to wear makeup. In shell business, they all wear uh, makeup, but they just don't get makeup. up. Like, they just put stuff to stop. The shine, that's it. Really. Got you. So, so because the lights are so bright, it makes yeah. you sweat. So, so I've done that before. I've been in a commercial and I've actually worn like a little bit of makeup. That's yeah, fine, you, you know. To, yeah. But I'm saying as an everyday thing. Oh as everyday yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, that's what they're trying to sell. There's that actual brand. But why? Why would you want to? Like, man, we get away with not doing it. Why are you just adding more problems? Why are we adding more responsibility, yeah. bro? You just shower, deodorant, cologne, boom. We I'm we. Out. How long did it take to convince women to accept us the way we are? Now you want to now you want to change that. Change us. Sorry, we should have actually, don't give them think, ideas, man. I think it should be like more like exfoliants, you know, more things to actually have better skincare. Skincare. I think men's skincare is something that's slept on. I think Pharrell, like Pharrell has a skincare line, but I don't Bro, think that he guy has hasn't aged in years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he's cracking now though. Yeah, he had yeah, a good he's run. Breaking, he had a good breaking. run. Starting to sound Starting a little bit. But do you have skincare routines? Uh no, I just have a face wash. I use it sporadically, maybe like once every three days. Okay. See, yeah. I have a whole skincare routine. Okay, okay you know walk us through it. So I, 
um, shower and mm -hmm. um, I use Cetaphil and uh, then and they use hot water before to open up my pores. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. are you doing this in the shower or like on the sink? It's a whole routine. So I go okay. out. I start at the shower and I finish. Finish on the set of film. the sink. Okay, you know gotcha. what I'm saying? So, all right, so all right, all right. in the shower, hot water to open up my pores. Then um, I use Cetaphil. Then I use cold water to close the pores. Then um, I use shea butter. It's the proper way. I, yeah, whip shea butter. Like whip, yeah, whip shea yeah, butter. Yeah, I have yeah, the shea yeah. butter, bro. It looks. Is it like the thick one? Do you like, infuse it with uh, oils, essential oils, and that kind? I of? used to, but I don't do it anymore. Mm. Um, I, so then I use shea butter and then coconut oil to, to like seal all the moisture from the mm. shea butter to have like my skin. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, my routine. That's good. That's good. You know? Yeah, I, my skin's too oily for that. So I just, I use a, a mild face wash and then um, that's basically it. And I'll exfoliate my face once a week, maybe like a, with a scrub, Where? a natural scrub. And <clears throat> then uh, that gets rid of all the dead skin, all the bumps, breakouts, whatever. Right. And then uh, for my beard is where I take the most care of. Yeah, the beard. Actually, the shout out is. to Ethos Beard Brand. Okay, I that that's all I use. Black owned, Toronto man's amazing product. Best smelling. It's like straight product. mandem, like straight, and no, it's the best something. smelling uh, beard product. Personally, I don't like the tea tree smell. Yeah, I smell I like I that. came out of a seance <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like that earthy smell. No, 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 no. So yeah, they're they're great. I use the um, the shampoo, mm -hmm. and then when I get out, my hair's all soft. Immediately hit it with the um with the. Uh, I don't know which one I'm supposed to use in what order. I always have to ask my sister to to remind me. She knows about this stuff, but mm -hmm. I'll use either the balm first. And then let that soak and then hit it with the oil to seal or the other way around. Sometimes just the oil to go and then it's soft, shiny, luscious. Yeah, man. Your, your, your beard is looking proper, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. always been on point, though. Thank you. Thank you. But it, it, it started looking better when I was taking care of it because I was getting like, you have yeah. to condition and stuff, right? See, so a man like me, like even Alex, you know, I, I always tease him a lot. He has like an ice cream scoop in his beard, right? Like it's just like, Goop, like just like a little, you know, in an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> back, back. That so little half you know circle. Saying? It's like a little sickle. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And then I have like little like spots right here I'm trying to grow in. And it, it mine, I call it like, it's kind of like a geometry kind of like, you know, like that. Um, it's not obtuse angle, but. It's like you know, like the ruler. It's like a, it's like a rectangle. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of sits like that, like the it, right angle. Exactly, kind of, right. Yeah. It just comes sharp down, right? There, oh, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no elevation or anything. Right, like, right. So man, yeah, man, like you're blessed with a like a luscious now, beard. I got a bro. full, full beard. But you know what? It's speaking of luxury things, like there's yes. a lot of surgeries you can get in the luxury world. Because mind you, there's also like the the enhancement phase. Like they say, you're not ugly, you're poor. Right, <laughs> so I see all these celebrities. They have no hair, bad teeth, this and that. Right, and then all of a sudden they get money, and then they got a full head of hair, perfect teeth, full beard, muscular, healthy. Mm -hmm. Where'd that come from? Yeah, right. It's the bread. They just paid for it, basically. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, people do trans, like implants, transplants, this and that, the other, wow. uh, for their beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get into watches because you've created a lot of great content about watches. Uh, specifically how watches work with quartz watches, mechanical watches. Um, you know, serving a business audience is one thing that we do. And personally, I'm starting to get, I just got my first watch ever this year. Uh, oh. It was a fossil watch, actually. 
Great starts. Right? Great start. Great starts. Very, very rookie phase of my watch. I want to move yes, up to... Everyone should start with the Fossil. Fossil. I it's a classic man's watch. It has the brown strap and everything like that. So I want you to uh, give us some knowledge of like watches, um, more of like how they work, some things that we don't know about. So our, you know, the young men who listen to our podcast can, uh, what to look for, you know, just give us the basics, the rundown, Sims, you know, you're, you're the expert here. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so this is going to make for a great segment, great clip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. If you are a young, ambitious man, your ticket into the boardroom, getting that invite to the dinner party, talking to that high, high ticket client yeah. is going to be luxury talk. Luxury talk. Luxury. What else do you have? Mm. Are you gonna? It's gonna take you at least five years to get good at whatever you're doing. So that's not to become an work. expert. Yeah, least, yeah. It's you know, there's just not much you can do, then other than just talk to the person about stuff that they know about but might not know a lot about, and then kind of educate them. Gotcha. But in a non, you know, like salacious way, like. So, for instance, watches is a great start because every successful man is pressured into appreciating watches, but almost all of them know nothing about watches. They just know Rolex. Like if I ask you, what are the what what is the holy trinity of watches? There's a holy trinity of watches. What uh, three brands make the holy trinity? Uh, Audemars. Okay. Uh, Piaget. Audemars Piaget. Audemars Piaget. Yeah. Uh, AP. Um, Rolex. Okay. Uh, one more, Alex. What do you think? I don't know. I was gonna say Breitling, but I'm like, I don't know. Okay, so well, you're you're all wrong. You got it right with Audemars Piget. So Audemars Piget, Patek Philippe, Patek Philippe, yeah, and Vacheron Constantin. Oh yeah, I heard of that one too. Now most people don't know Vacheron Constantin. But those are the grandfather of watch that they set the standard for high urology. Okay, that is it. Everyone is trickled down from there. All right, all your Rolexes, your you know your Breitlings, all this they're down here, and those guys are up there. Now the independent watchmakers that uh, you know they'll make like um, um, Philippe Dufour, but they will end up getting hired by you know Audemars Piguet to make like a crazy timepiece and it'll take 10 years to make you know and then Audemars will slap their name on it and they won't really give the person credit <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing but anyways so question where, where do zeniths fall in with the whole zenith will be the level the entry level right like okay so i'm wearing right now you can't see but i'm wearing a cartier okay now Funny Cartier, enough, Cartier, 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 yeah. This is a Cartier Santos, uh-huh. right? They make a different amount of uh, different kinds of Santos. This is a quartz movement Santos, but Cartier worked with uh, their supplier for quartz to make it where you don't have to change the battery for as long as you would have to service an automatic watch. So it's basically not bad, and it doesn't have a second hand, so you don't need a you don't need an automatic. If you don't even have a second hand. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point if you're not gonna see it go like swoosh, you know? Yeah. But anyways. This is the first mass produ- uh, so like yeah, it's the first wristwatch ever to be put into mass production. The Cartier watch. Cartier did it first. Yes, people don't know that about it, but Cartier has been making solid watches forever, right? Uh, so, but still, this is now a serious watch, even though it's quartz. So don't get it confused. Just because it's not automatic doesn't mean it's not a serious watch. Interesting. 
But a, z- a zenith or something like that would be down there with maybe a psycho. Really? Yeah. Psycho. Psycho, psycho is like a good bang for buck. Fossil is now complete, complete, complete entry level, right? Fossil. Fossil. Jeez. Yeah. Because we're talking, what, max 400 for their mechanical movements. So Fossil is like, but Fossil is like a brand. It's 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 just got that nice feel. Everyone knows it. People respect it. Yep. But it's not. Aesthetics are nice. Yeah. But yeah. in the world of watchmakers, is it respected? No. Mm. You know, <clears throat> it's kind of like no one would look down at you for wearing a Fossil. But they're not going to be like, oh, my God, you're wearing a Fossil. You know what I mean? Facts. If you're wearing a Seiko, they'll be like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. There's room to grow, and that's a great starting watch. Is is fo- when you compare Fossil and Seiko, do they categorize Seiko more superior than Fossil? Hundred percent. Why? But Seiko's been it's. You can get like a Seiko watch anywhere. Well, like what's so good about it? I you know they just again it's bang for buck, but also it's associated a lot with Grand Seiko, and Grand Seiko. It's kind of like Lexus to Toyota. Mm. Grand Seiko was like one of the best watches you can get for the price. They make quality dials, which is like the face of the watch is, you know, the dial. They make quality dials. They're beautiful. They work great. They they create all kinds of new technologies. And watch collectors love them. They are, they're not super easy to get. The problem with the Grand Seikos is they are a couple thousand dollars. So it's not for everybody. Not everyone's going to drop a couple bands on a watch. Mm-hmm. Right? But what was, I think, uh, what got people interested in this whole watch thing is I made a video, uh, a reel, Instagram reel, which was um, ha- uh, explaining how watches keep time. I was like, you probably asked yourself, you know, you, you probably know how to t- keep time yourself. Yeah. But no one ever asked themselves how the watch keeps time. Mm-hmm. And so I explained how mechanical movements, which they excuse me they don't have any battery they don't have any electric parts they have no uh you know circuits circuitry but they keep time Mm -hmm. mechanically and how how that works and i put some illustrations up and then people are like damn okay i'm interested now i see why these things are expensive Mm -hmm. right they keep time worse than a quartz watch but it's more the the pursuit of perfection is what you're really getting into buying into thousands of dollars you know, the more like, uh, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about like these uh, mechanical courts, there's like so many bars I've heard Jay-Z speak about when he's talking about like watches. He's like, I got rollies that don't TikTok, Audemars, I sleep in time. Yeah. And I never got like, he's is he talking about like the mechanics of the watch? Yes. See, mechanical like- <clears throat> watches lose time over over a period of time. So it's like. These all these mechanical watches, you have to reset them and rewind them because they lose seconds every. You know, it just depends on the quality, right? Maybe it might be they lose a couple seconds a, a day. Some lose the, if you're not that good. A second, couple seconds an hour, and you just have to keep rewinding them, resetting them. So the you know the automats will be losing time, mm-hmm. and people will use the watch winders to keep to keep them wound. That's on an automatic watch if it's self winding. That means it's it winds itself from kinetic energy just from you moving. Mm. Yeah, you know? I have one of those watches. I have an Orient. You know yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are what I find was like the middle ground between it's respected. 
Yeah, kind of respected, and it's still relatively affordable. Mm-hmm. So you can have a, a watch that doesn't TikTok, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That looks somewhat good. But it probably loses mad time. Hella time. You I, don't notice even, it. I don't even use it for time at all. Yeah. I'm just like, this is this, this pointless. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's time. beautiful. Yeah, it feels yeah. good yeah. wearing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend a crazy amount to appreciate the mechanics. Like, mm-hmm. So now, if you want, now we are an entrepreneurship podcast. So if you want to get a watch that was entry level but still appreciates in value, what would you suggest? Okay, yeah, now that's difficult, right? Probably. Man, that's tough. Okay, so watches have been performing very well. I This is the kind of question I would ask my friend who deals and watches in Miami. People sleep on Omega, okay? People sleep on Omega. For some reason, they just it has this tainted uh, brand to it, but they make this, they do what Rolex does. <laughs> they just had worse brand management, you know? Uh, so, you know, depending on, the Omegas will always be cheaper, but you'll get, you'll be able to get the same thing. And, you know, it might hold its value pretty well. Now, if you want to get a Rolex, the problem is, to get any Rolex now, you're not spending under like 14 grand. Canadian, right? Canadian. You'd be hard pressed to get a Rolex for under $14,000, which is ridiculous. Because this time last year, it was 10000 mm-hmm. And the year before, it was probably 8000 mm-hmm. right? But you're guaranteed whatever price you buy it at, you're <coughs> still going to make money off of it. Um, Grand Seiko is probably a good bet. Yeah, for for the for for wearing a watch, I want to understand like the psychology of wearing a watch and the perceived value of wearing a watch as a as a man, let's say, uh, in a business setting. What does that communicate to other people about you as a as a business person? There's like a certain art of wearing a watch that's appreciated, and it really yes. communicates a lot. So, walk us through that whole psychology and the perception of wearing a watch and what it communicates about you. Well, what do you think when you see someone wearing just a watch in the first place? Responsible. Okay. They're watching their time. They're watching their time. Watch off, actually. Uh, class. How about yourself? This is a great question. It depends on the watch. If it's like mm-hmm. a G-Shock, like an old G-Shock, I'm like, I kind of like, oh, you're like a, you're immensely in 2005, 2000. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you yeah. were in the Goodwood. Remember the Goodwood? The like Goodwoods. the the Goodwoods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most definitely. So it depends on the, what the watch is. I think it's, it's like a, a car. Exactly. So I think it communicates um, what you're into. You know. So if you're wearing like yes. a, like a bedazzled Rolex, then I'm like, all right, he's a flashy guy. You know. If you if it's like a like a plain Jane Rolex, then I'm like, all right. So he's probably looking at it as an investment. So there's yeah. a multiple ways to look at it. So I feel like a watch is almost like a pair of sneakers where you kind of testify as to what the person's kind of into. Yes. So, so for, my, for myself, I have my philosophy around watches is I wear watches with stories. I like the story behind the watch or the history behind the watch. And I also wear different shape watches. I try to avoid, I mean, I have a cup, I have a, quite a few watches, but not, m- most of them are not, um, are not expensive. Mm-hmm. But they all have very cool stories behind how I got the watch, what it means or how it looks. So like for this one, of course, like I had mentioned, um, it's, you know, well, it's a square watch, first of all, square, square body, square case. So already it's automatically different. It's noticeable. It's very small. 
I like small watches. I like subtle watches. But it's eye-catching. Like, you'll notice it because it's silver with blue straps and a silver um, a dial. So, for me, it's like, on the look, it says elegance. It says put together. But it also says, I know something you don't. Yeah. It's very obvious. But then, for me, in my head, I'm wearing it because I like that it's untraditional in its shape. Mm-hmm. I like that it doesn't get in the way of me because I wear it on my left hand, but I'm left-handed. So I have to be able to write and stuff with the watch on. Left hand on the best man. Exactly. Mm. But I also think, well, it's got a cool story and it's a conversation starter. So when someone says nice watch, I don't say thanks. When someone says nice watch, I tell them something about the watch. And then that's usually how I start very interesting conversations. But also it's a who knows kind of watch. Only those in the know. All these guys, they come up to me like, is that uh, Santos? And I'm like, yeah. And then they they do this. They've almost nine out of ten times got a Rolex on. Say word. Nine out of ten. Might be an AP. See, the, the, but the, now I'm they're looking at me like I'm one of them. Simba, so, so this is the thing I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That that <laughs> the the ability to attract like you you call them like high value people. Yeah. Like yeah. they recognize real from afar. It's kind of like when with, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when women walk with a certain purse other high class women know i know the women's purses and jewelry yeah i know who's who yeah and all these guys buying them that know too yeah they know the van cleef necklace they know the cartier love bracelet they know the 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 ring they know the uh, bulgaria like you can like i'm telling you i can look at a woman top down and tell you who's paying the bills (laughs) (laughs) income what tax they paid last year? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Whether they're vegan or not. You know? Like, I don't, don't mind that. But yeah, yeah there's man. certain things. Men, men, we need to get better at knowing these, uh, knowing these things. Because the boss knows some of it. Because just by being around it all the time. The client, how you take a client knows, and the women all know. Mm-hmm. They all know. Even if they don't wear it, they know. It depends on a girl, though. You know, like, there's different, there's levels. Like, I feel like American women know and Canadian women know. But, like, if you're dating someone that's from outside the country, they don't know as much. They know, but they know their thing. There's nowhere in the world where they don't know Gucci or Louis Vuitton or Louis, or, or Louis They don't know Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Louboutins. Yeah, but they're going. They're going to know what what watch that is in terms of. No, they won't the know watch. the watch. But if I I'm wear sorry. a Cartier Love bracelet, all the girls know, and all the guys won't know. It depends on which girls you're around. Like like if you're on girls from Barbados, they ain't gonna know what watch that is, and it could be. No, they won't know my watch, right? But I'm not wearing the watch for women. Facts. Well, that was what we were just saying. You know what I'm saying? Like for if we're, <laughs> yeah. when we're around, so it's like depends on what circuit you're trying to enter. Yeah, trying to enter like the luxury girl market, that girl that loves the material things. Yeah, then that's what's going to attract them. But you can yeah. also tell the thing is when you know you can tell who's the materialistic one and who's not because there's there's certain jewelry mm-hmm. that only if you're already there you'll know, and if you're not you won't know. So. They they say like like uh, <laughs> one of my my very wealthy friends like their their friend group they only wear what the sugar babies aren't wearing, so they don't wear any of the common luxury items because sure. it's seen as t- 
too flashy or yeah, yeah. too calm. They wear Cuccinelli. Yeah, yeah. They say like, oh yeah. no, no, these are for sugar babies. Yeah, yeah. We won't wear we won't wear uh, the Gucci. We'll wear Chanel. Mm-hmm. We won't have the uh, Louboutin bag. Uh, sorry, shoes. We'll wear something else. You know, even some will go as far as if it's not a Birkin, I'm not putting it on. Wow. I'm not wearing it. And then some will even say, and then and this is another level, they'll be like, not everyone has the Kelly. Everyone has the Birkin. I'm wearing Delvo. Mm-hmm. Then you be like, what's Delvo? Well, Delvo doesn't even have the logo on it. Mm-hmm. You just know from the silhouette, this is a superior brand. Mm-hmm. But It's yeah. like when you see the checkered of the of Burberry, it's like you yeah. know that's Burberry's print You know that's right Burberry, there. but you don't want Burberry <clears throat> all, over your, all over your thing. And, you know, some people won't be caught dead wearing Burberry. Because they'll be like, that's the commonest brand. <laughs> Those are for the, the poor. The peasants, man. Those oh are for the chavs. They the chavs. say like in the UK, right? Chavs wear Burberry. Wow. Burberry. The chavs wear Burberry. Because it's from the UK. So it's more common. They're like, if you yeah. go to where the where the brands are from, they usually are not taken as seriously. Mm. Most definitely. In Paris, they don't really be wearing, you know. Speaking speak about Birkin, bro. It's been getting a lot of uh, being clowned, Birkin bags on Twitter, especially especially with the Black Twitter community. Yeah, the meta Birkins now. The, the meta Birkins. What what is it about Birkins that really made it become part of the conversation and culture over the past year? It's a super super well balanced strategy of limiting supp- supply, price hiking, creating a a barrier to entry. And also creating a very well-made product over time, very consistent. Mm-hmm. Someone who makes a Birkin has to train like for five years or, so, or, or more before they'll even be able to touch the Birkin. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's handmade. So, you know, their quality has dropped a bit, but it's still as far as hand craftsmanship in today's age and at the, at the scale they're at, it's still very much handmade. Mm-hmm. And that's why they make it hard for you to get. And they also told rich people, no. One of the few brands that told rich people, no. So it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're not going to get a Birkin just because you feel like it. Yeah, it's that and Lamborghinis, right? Those are the two main things. Ferraris, Lamborghinis. Yeah, Yeah, Ferrari's really good with that. Ferrari even tells you you can't change the color of your car. They were trying to sue Deadmau5 for trying to change the change the color of his car. And I think they won. I think that's why I ended up with just going with McLaren's. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah. Speaking of, of that and the luxury market, let's talk about um, Cuccinelli. Because I think Cuccinelli is one of those brands that um, nobody knows of. Yeah, I don't know much about going. Cuccinelli. Cuccinelli is one of the most expensive luxury brands in the world. And what do they what do they sell? They sell menswear, men, mainly menswear and women's wear, and like a like, shirt. Goes what for kind like, of menswear? Though? Like like high end, almost borderline tailoring. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I would say they're competitive Tom Ford, um, to, to but Tom Ford does a lot of bespoke, but like only like ready to wear menswear. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, I'll, I'll show yeah, you. Yeah, show me. I might know it, just not buddy. the brand he, he name. Just died. So. Um, yeah, Cuccinelli, what, what's crazy about them is that they'll charge like five to $600 for a shirt, like a regular. Like a t-shirt, right? No, like a, like a dress shirt. Oh, that's five, not five, five unheard to 600 of. for a shirt. That's why House of Bijan, same thing. House of Bijan, they've been suiting like presidents, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all this. Yeah, They even have a, a trademarked yellow color. 
where they have the bent they have their Bentley and their rolls in the, in the trademark mm-hmm. color. So it's called Brunello, B R U N E L L O, Cuccinelli. Yeah, I see the five hundred dollar T shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. for a T shirt. Costing jersey, insane. Yeah, insane. Uh, a blazer is four thousand um, dollars. Sneakers nine hundred. Yeah, let's go on the website. I want to check. What's interesting about it is that they are not brand heavy where they have big logos or anything like that but people still are able to tell if it's Cuccinelli or not which is yeah yes i've heard of this brand i've heard of this brand yeah i i recognize the logo i don't recognize the name yeah so i don't know I'll, but this is the kind of thing when they say oh but mark zuckerberg wait, look at the tech bros they wear t-shirts and you know they wear a clean t-shirt they're wearing these t-shirts <laughs> they're, wearing, they're, they're not wearing, wearing like a, they're not wearing fruit of the loom t-shirts yeah those aren't fruit of the loom bro they're wearing the, that plain white tee is 300 dollars. and the thing is too is that they have pr companies that tell them to wear these clothes mm. because they know that if they were to wear their wealth people would uproar if, if mark zuckerberg was to wear the amount of wealth he has People would see that and become offended because yes. it's that much money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so they get high quality, cheap looking clothing. Exactly. Or have things like super yachts or other things that you won't see in public. You won't see it. And so so it can. And it's interesting, like, yeah. what's what's wrong with that? If, if they were to wear their wealth, what would be wrong with that? Well, you know what? I don't think anyone thinks there's anything wrong with that. What they What they don't want to admit is... Them showing their wealth reminds you of what you don't have. Mm. And that constant reminder they don't want to see. Yeah. They don't I don't, want to I don't, see. I don't understand why people get mad about that. Just work hard, man. Just, just put in the work. Why are, you, why are you mad at him? Because he got money and you don't. <laughs> Tough. All I say is this, right? Feel free to criticize the capitalist system if you like. But don't hate on Bezos and then go buy Amazon exclusively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly Amazon you love Prime. the products like <laughs> clearly yeah, yeah you're on facebook on instagram posting how you hate you know billionaires <laughs> uh you're using the products it's yeah. like you know and you don't even have shares in the company even if you're gonna get, get cheese they're like hey buy shares of my buy company. shares i'll make, I'll make you, you money, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'll make you money too yeah so but that's the thing you know like bezos for instance has one of the world's largest yachts his yacht is so big and in the super yacht world this is commonly the case his yacht is so big that it has a support yacht, which is the size of other people's actual yachts, main yachts, just carrying cargo following the yacht. That's nice. And then they'll have uh, another boat following that yacht. You know? That's, That's stupid. Well, Fueling the yachts can cost, you know, up to $2 million just to fuel the thing. That's, That's disgusting. Did you hear about what's happening with his yacht? And no. uh, it's like a whole new story. So basically, uh, here, here we go right here. Jeff Bezos pushed Dutch port city to yes. dismantle historic bridge. We're going to talk about this on Luxury News Weekly, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm going to really look into this because it's too big and you have to get past, right? Mm-hmm. So the yachts usually can't dock. Like his yacht is so big, it can't dock in most places. So he has to take it out to ocean and then take the smaller boat to shore. It's too big. So what does he dock it? He just just floats there, you know. Mm. <laughs> just floats. So there someone just stays back. there and, and, and just watches yeah, it. Yeah, just watches it. He's got full security system, armed guards because there's pirates on water, you know, the waters. Ocean. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've got armed guards. They've got like uh, missile, you know, missile um, 
uh, systems to like avoid rocket launches and that kind of thing. They've got anti-pirate systems. They got everything you need, but it's all hidden. But then on the yacht as well, they'll have like, you know, uh, amenities, movie theaters, this and that and the other. Like Basketball the, court. The yacht is bigger than homes. It's bigger than a, it's almost a cruise ship size, I think, his yacht. Wow. But imagine a cruise ship just for you. Most definitely. They're humongous. Humongous. So now let's talk about your business, man. T- tell us about your business, what you've been working on over the last few mm-hmm. years. Yeah, so, uh, well, let me mention, uh, of course, we're, we're going to air this on Luxury News Weekly as well. And that's kind of like the new venture I've been pushing. Started on Clubhouse last year, Media. Uh, actually, yeah, we're almost approaching our year, you know, of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so happy to be here on behalf of Luxury News Weekly because yes, this is a course. cool conversation. Um, yeah, and, you know, so the podcast has very much been part of reaching the luxury community. My company, Volo Bespoke, with my co-founder, Louis, uh, we basically make luxury jewelry, uh, like holder stands, et cetera. Basically luxury jewelry solutions because we found like if you wear jewelry and you actually care about it, you usually have nowhere to put it, right? So our our flagship product, which is a uh, earring stand, is tailored to the busy the busy woman the woman that's in and out of the house you know what i mean and she needs somewhere to put her jewelry it looks beautiful it's high quality solid brass goose shoulder feathers got a artwork by a, a artist a painter in miami up and coming her name's uh, barry lynn archie hand painted all 10. it's you know we're only making 10. and uh yeah so we really wanted to make this focal point of the vanity of the bedroom but you, we've got patents for you know how you put the earring on. You don't have to lose your earring backs. You don't have. That's a common problem. Like I lose my earring backs. I got an ear piercing. I lose that all the time. So you just put it on there, take it off. You're not worried. It looks beautiful, right? Check it out at uh, Volo Bespoke. I'm sure you'll be uh, amazed. But yeah, so that's been a work in progress because during COVID, all the suppliers shut down. We were we were originally working with the uh, excuse me we were originally working with the factory in Italy. Italy got hit first, mm-hmm. it, yeah. the hardest, hardest, the hardest, absolute hardest. Yeah, so we came to a standstill, and I said to myself, "Well, are we going to not pursue this, or are we going to do it ourselves?" And so I learned how to make jewelry. And a couple of these skills, and I forged the 10 units myself. But it took forever, of course. And we still got the pads and this and that because I was forging out a solid brass using 3D printing, laser cutting, hand hand tooling. You know, I had my Japanese saw. I was cutting the wood, sent it to Miami, got it painted, sent it back. The whole process. So this was by no means a joke. And it is very very like you will not find you will just not find the quality we are the world's best jewelry stand right now i know because i made it maybe i'm biased because i made it but i also i know because i made it <laughs> that makes yeah, sense sims you gotta talk you gotta talk your talk man i'm telling you i'm telling you and uh for the low low price of a thousand us dollars it can be yours forever mm. get one out of ten there's only a couple left so mm. <laughs> there you have it ladies and gentlemen 
So with that being said, work towards wrapping up, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best way at Simba Wakatama and uh, follow Luxury News uh, Weekly as well. Uh, we drop luxury posts on uh, Instagram like almost every day. And then we've got the TikTok and the reels going. So, yeah. And of course, Volo Bespoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us, follow me there as well. But of course, my personals where I keep everything updated on all that. So, yeah. Most definitely. Owen, any housekeeping guys want to talk about over here? Uh, no, not, not, not I can think about. Just okay. uh, continue uh, shopping on hustleofeverything.co. We got the cozy pack still available, $100. Use the code cozy hustle at checkout. You'll get the full pack. What Alex and I are wearing right now, the sweatpants, the hoodie for 100 bucks. It could be yours. Proper material. Good for your missus stealing your hoodie and stealing your sweatpants. Yes. It's a very unisex set, so I'm sure she'll look fly as well. So that's all for me. I'm definitely going to have to grab myself a, some hustle over everything. Of course, here, bro. You know? Of course. Please do, man. Please do. We got you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, if you're not already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at 247Hustle or 247Hustler, pardon me, and at Twitter at 247Hustlers. You have a lot of dope content coming out. and You have some cool um, branded content coming out, so make sure you tap in for that. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the podcast. The hustle is what you can control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen. And I'm Simba. And that's the show, y'all. Peace. Peace out.